When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. the az wildcats podcast we have teamed up with bet mgm this season if you haven't signed up for bet mgm yet use bonus code phnx and you will get up to 200 in bonus bets on your first wager with bet mgm here's how it works download the bet mgm app and sign up using bonus code phnx place a pre-game money line wager in the amount of at least ten dollars on any market at standard odds price you will receive 200 in bonus bets instantly regardless of the outcome of your wager just make sure you use bonus code phnx Please join us at the BetMGM Sportsbook at State Farm Stadium for all the Suns away playoff games. Our PHNX Suns watch parties presented by NUTRL will feature uh, food and drink specials, PHNX giveaways, and BetMGM mystery deposit bonuses. Join us, and now let's hear Shane with the disclaimer. Disclaimer 21 plus to wager. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369, New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA, 1-800-522-4700, Kansas, Nevada, 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts, 1-800-BETS-OFF-IOWA, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. Now, we're joined by Arizona, the, the man that stuck up for Arizona nationally when Arizona needed somebody to be there for him, the great Aaron Torres of Fox Sports Radio. Hello, Aaron. How you doing, my guy? Uh, Michael, love Arizona Nation. Uh, not to sound creepy, but love you. Love your coverage. Uh, always love coming on with you. That's a lot of love. Okay, en- right. enough love. But I, I always enjoy talking hoops with you, man. And uh, in the same way that I've tried to be fair and impartial on my coverage of Arizona, you've always been fair and impartial of everything that I do. So I appreciate your support. And, uh, you know, we get to do this a couple times a year, and I always have fun doing it, man. All right. First, we've got to let you gloat here a little bit. Graduate of stores. And so here's the deal. UConn, five national titles since 1999. People ask me, are they a blue blood? Are they a dynasty? The best thing that I can give your UConn Huskies right there is that they are in a class by themselves where I don't even know how to categorize them. That is the best compliment I can give them. Well, I'll do my whole blue blood spiel here, Michael, and I think uh, an Arizona fan maybe appreciates this, is that you know my understanding – has always been, you know, blue blood is a term um, that has historical context to it. Essentially, you've been here from the beginning. You've been relevant from the beginning through the modern times. Maybe not great, but you've always been relevant. So my stance, even before UConn got good again, was that there are five, maybe six blue bloods. UConn is not one of them. UConn never will be. By the way, neither will Villanova, neither will Arizona. But what I would also say Would Indiana trade the last 25 years for what Arizona's done, including a national championship? I think Indiana would. Would UCLA trade the last 25 years for what UConn's done? I think there's zero doubt about it. Every school would. What's that? Every school would trade it for the last. 
And that was my big takeaway on Monday night. I was lucky enough to be there. I was in the, in Houston covering the Final Four anyway. Now, I was probably going to leave before the title game if UConn wasn't there. But that was my big takeaway was I, I don't care what term you use. I don't think blue blood is something you can just become. Um, but I, I think any conversation about modern college basketball programs, listen, UCLA's won the most national championships. None of, none of us were alive to see them, okay? Right. And, and to your older listeners that were alive, I'm not trying to uh, – any ageism here or anything like that. I'm just here to say that, like, in the last 25 years, any conversation about modern college basketball programs, if you want to start, say, when they expanded the tournament in the mid-1980s, um, the conversation, it includes UConn. Are they number one? Are they in the top three? I don't really care. I just know that in the last 25 years, no one's done what UConn's done. Um, and I will say really quickly, and then – I don't want to hijack the whole thing and make it all about UConn, but um, you know, there is no gloating. There is nothing like that because as great as the program uh, has been and was under Jim Calhoun and even for a brief time under Kevin Ollie, there were some really, really bad years there, you know, in, in kind of the transition, it was a little clunky. I, you know, we've talked about the post Lute Olson years to get to Sean Miller on this show before. And UConn had a lot of that. I mean, uh, three straight losing seasons, uh, you're in the AAC. You don't know if you're going to get back. Um, and so this one felt a little bit different, a little bit more enjoyable. Not, enjoyable is not the right word, but it was definitely different. It was great. Um, and I'll tell you what, man, you know what Tommy's doing, the, the Wildcats are going to be back on this stage soon. So I don't want to dismiss that either. All right. Let's talk about Tommy Lloyd. I This was an interesting year for me for Arizona because I think we we discovered two things about the Wildcats. First is that Tommy – well, we already knew Tommy Lloyd was a great coach. Tommy Lloyd, I believe that his coaching was able to mask a lot of the deficiencies – some of the deficiencies during the regular season because when you look at it, Arizona didn't have a – really a guard that could really take over a game. They didn't really have a perimeter player as well. And as great as uh, Julius Tabellis was – He's wired a little bit differently. This isn't your typical guy that you just get the ball to, get out of the way. This isn't your uh, an Emeka Okafor. How about that? This isn't that type of guy where you can just say, get out of the way and you're going to score. He's really, really good, but he's not that lead option. And when you look at the Wildcats, you look at all the great Wildcat teams over the years, they've always had multiple NBA guys that you could point to and say, that's a top 15 pick. That's a top 20 pick. I look at this starting lineup for Arizona this past year, which was a second seed overall, and I don't see a guy that I say, yep, that's a surefire NBA player right there. So to me, that's a testament to what Lloyd was going Lloyd did, and to a certain extent, it got exposed in the tournament. Well, I remember, you know, even this time last year, kind of doing the, the way too early top 25 stuff, and – you know, I think at the time there was still a thought that Dalen Terry would come back. But, but you know, I remember when Dalen Terry declared and, you know, I still had Arizona somewhere on the fringes of the top 20. And right. I think Arizona fans said, you're being too kind. Like, like you know, this isn't, you know, we're losing a lot essentially with, with Matherin and uh, Dalen Terry and the guys that were lost off last year's team, Coloco, et cetera. So I just bring it up to say, I, I, I think, you know, it's so easy to look at the way things ended, to look at right. you know, the process, right? You win the Maui Invitational, you beat Indiana on neutral, you beat Tennessee at home, and it's like, oh, you know, whatever. But but you go back to where we were this time last year when we knew Matherin and Coloco were gone, then Dale and Terry leaves, and he had some guys in the portal, but you kind of knew, like, you know, there's probably a ceiling to this team that's a little bit lower than it was in 2021, 2022. So I just bring it up to, to bring it full circle to your comments, which is it's easy to 
and every Arizona fan should be frustrated with a first-round loss to Princeton, but it's easy to sit there and say Arizona did this or they let their fans down or they did it. It's like, but they really did sort of overachieve to right. even be in that position in the first place. So, you know, I, I think what I would say is it's going to be an interesting couple weeks and months because obviously I know this has probably been a topic on your show every day since the season ended, Mike, but um, most of – you know, the, the, the previous regime's players are essentially gone at this point. We'll see if Tabellas comes back for another year. But this is now Tommy Lloyd's program, and it, it's his guys and, and, you know, his high school recruits, his portal guys. And I know there's still a lot of work to be done, but, you know, we're going to we're gonna have a feel for what this program is going to look like going forward with Tommy Lloyd based on some of the things he does this offseason. See, I think it's going to be very fascinating to see what happens on the perimeter. Um, you've got Kylan Boswell coming in and are obviously going to play the point. Showed a lot of potential this past year. Did you know um, he was only 17 years old this past season? I don't know if that was ever discussed. No, I'm, you know kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It was not discussed, but let me ask you this. When he's a I'm sophomore, <laughs> when he's a sophomore next year, are we going to say that he's only an 18-year-old sophomore? Yeah, probably. And I'll I'll just let me do my little spiel here, and then we can promise get back to Arizona. You know what drives me crazy? Exactly. Is when a guy stays back a grade for basketball or athletics purposes, and then the next season, all we do, oh, I mean, you know, he should really be in high school right now. It's like, no, he's actually the exact age that he should be as a freshman. Let's stop doing that. So then when you do have a guy like Kylan Boswell, like it's right. okay to acknowledge he actually is in college a year early as opposed to the kid that was 19 going on 20 uh, and decided to go back to his natural high school class. So rant over. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm not gonna lie. I think it will still be a, you know, he actually enrolled a year early and he just turned 18 as a sophomore. So I don't think that commentary is going to slow right. down. Any Kirk Carissa did a very, very good job this year. I mean, it, winning games. Listen, when you're 61 and 11 or whatever the case you may, I mean, that number speaks for itself. But I think with Kerr, you also had a little bit of a physical limitation, a little bit of a cap right there. And, you know, that's no, there's nothing wrong with that. He's definitely a high Division One basketball player. With Kylan Boswell, I think that he's certainly got a level above that, at least from what I've seen. And then the name that uh, has been a hot name on this show for a while that Arizona is obviously pursuing as well, Ryan Nemhard. If you have a backcourt of Kylan Boswell and Ryan Nemhart, you got two guys right there. And granted, I know it's a little bit undersized, but I think size in the backcourt is a little bit overrated in college, to be honest with you. Yeah. But when you've got a guy like Nemhart who can go for 30 in a game and has gone for 30 in a game, get you five assists, we've seen what Boswell can do. That all of a sudden is a backcourt, and this is with all due respect to Kirk Creasa, Courtney Ramey, they did some really good things, but that all of a sudden is a backcourt that has a little bit of a next-level type feel to it. I think so. No, I think so. And, um, you know, Boswell, listen, I, I think the best is yet to come. I'm far from a high school evaluator, but I, I, I've i seen enough film of him in high school. And, you know, when I was in Tucson two years ago, I think he was either on an unofficial or an official visit before he officially declared. And you could tell the, you know, the staff couldn't say anything publicly at the time, but you could tell how excited they were about having him on campus, what a priority recruit that he was. Um, and so I know he's coming off injury. He's young. So I'm excited to see him with a full offseason to get healthy and to get right. Uh, and then Nemhard, listen, you know, the Nemhard stuff is really interesting because, you know, not being an Arizona guy, kind of seeing it from the other perspective, which is, you know, I think Creighton was pretty frustrated when they found out that he intended yeah. to to to, to, uh, to transfer. And and what why I bring it up is because I think 
there was a little frustration from the Nemhard camp. You know, Andrew's an NBA player. Why, you know, why isn't Ryan on any big boards or whatever? And I don't know if Ryan's an NBA player, but he's a right. really, I bring it to say he's a really good college yeah. basketball player. Right. And he's the kind of guy, listen, you know, the, the one thing that stood out to me, Michael, being at the Final Four this past week, this era right now, and I don't know if it's going to stay this way as we start to phase out the COVID extra year, guys. Mm-hmm. It's about being old and confident yes. and arrogant and cock. Like, like you were just around those Miami guys. Kansas State. Yeah, they were just right. so – like the Miami guys weren't phased by anything. You know, there, there was two or three, you know, big J's trying to pin them into a corner on NIL, and they just – they had great answers, and they were prepared, and, no, this is a great experience, and I'm providing for my family, and I'm learning about business. And, and you know, San Diego State, grown men look you in the eye, and then they step on the court, and they're not afraid of, you know, the number one seed in the tournament, Alabama, this Creighton squad. So the point I'm trying to make, I don't know if Ryan Nemhard's an NBA player. But he's a very good college player already. And realistically, you're probably looking at two more years of getting him if Arizona does indeed close the deal. A guy that's already produced at the high major level. And I think that's the the last point. I know I'm going long here. but Well, you're good. Yeah, I was going to say is like, listen, I, I try to follow the portal as closely as anybody, okay? I love it. It's fascinating. It's college free agency, whatever. But I do think there is a lot of projection with so many of these guys, either from the low major level transferring to the high major level or a backup caliber player transferring to be a starter, whatever. There's no projection with Ryan Nemhart. He played 34 minutes a game this exactly. year at the high major level and averaged whatever, 13 points and six assists per game. So, you know, if Tommy and his staff can close out, and obviously all indications are that, that you know, they're the favorites to say the least, um, this is just a home run transfer portal win because again, there's no projection. There's no maybe. There's no. It, he's he's going to be really, really, really good for Arizona next year. All right, well, let's talk about that here in a second. But again, got to pay a couple of the bills now. First, Roman. Now you might say to yourself, Mike, uh, uh, what can Roman do for me? Roman is here to help you. Now again, ED is often viewed as a touchy subject, and let's normalize the conversation right here. Again, we are in the year 2023, not in the year 1923. Roman is here to help. Roman is the digital health clinic for men, addressing a variety of sexual health needs and offering genuine medication that helps achieve and maintain a strong erection. No more waiting rooms, no hassle, straightforward digital experience, and if medication or testing is appropriate, Roman will send it directly to your door. Everything arrives in discreet packaging with free two-day shipping. Now, to learn more about how you can achieve your personal sexual health goals, go to ro.phnx to get 20% off your entire first order. That's ro.co slash phnx. And again, no more waiting rooms, no more hassle. This end, you can do this all from the comfort of your own house. Again, like we said, we are in the year 19, or excuse me, 2023, not 1923. Uh, enjoy what Roman has to offer right there. Check it out. Okay. The portal. Is the portal a good thing for college basketball? Well, my, my stance on this has been consistent from the beginning. Um, for what we do, Mike, what would you be talking about right now? Now, I, I love the portal. I'm all in on the portal. Okay. So, but I do believe there's a little, sorry, I, I, I'm cutting no. you off right here and I apologize, but I do believe that they have it right now. You get one free transfer, but I don't support being able to go everywhere you want every, uh, every season and uh, grad transfers can obviously go every anywhere. So I like one free transfer, then you have to sit out. Sorry about that. Go ahead. 
No, and that that's pretty much my stance is, listen, through the years, for, there, there's legitimate reasons to transfer. Like you, you mentioned I'm a UConn alum. I transferred from somewhere else before I was at UConn. Fun fact. Nobody cares. But the point is, is that, you know, th- there are legitimate reasons to transfer. Um, and I, I will say from the content and coverage perspective, you know, nothing I do over the course of the college basketball season gets more views, more clicks, more interest than transfer portal stuff. It's just, it's just an indisputable right. fact at this point. Um, but I do think like, you know, and we're not going to see the full ramifications for two, three, four years, but it's going to have negative consequences. I mean, you know, first of all, um, I, I know people don't think of this as an academic pursuit anymore, but anybody who's ever transferred colleges or high schools or whatever knows not all credits transfer. Now right. you're transferring two or three times and Guys aren't going to graduate. They're going to play five years of college basketball and not be on track to graduate. That's just the reality of the situation. Uh, everybody thinks the situation is going to be better at the next spot. As we know, it often right. isn't. Um, and so to answer your question, it's great for us. I have come to grips. You know, one thing about me, Michael, I always say on anywhere that I, I, I'm, you know, I have a platform is there's stuff I don't like. But at some point, you just got to adjust, right? They, yeah. By the way, a lot of these college coaches, they don't like the portal but they've adjusted. It's the new world. You like it, don't like it. It's not going anywhere. And so I've adjusted my coverage. I spend most of April just talking about the portal pretty much nonstop. Uh, So I don't know if it's the best thing for the players. I've always been in favor, pretty much like you grad transfers, go wherever you want. Uh, One, you know, if your coach gets fired or leaves, go wherever you want. Everybody else sit out. I'm fine with the one-time thing. But like you said, when it gets to be a second, third, fourth time, um, you know, there are issues, but then again, there's always going to be an exception to the rule. What about a player who who's plays for two coaches that get fired? What happened? You know, so it is what it is. We'll adjust at some point. It won't be quite as hectic as it is right now. But from a coverage perspective, I can say, you know, you can either pretend like it's not a thing or you can dive into it full speed ahead. Uh, and I have chosen the latter for, you know, the business and what we do and what I do. So. Well, I got a perfect example right here. Think about it this way. You've got Ryan Nemhart. We know exactly what Ryan, and we're going to talk a little bit about the conference here in a minute, but you got Ryan Nemhart. You know what he can do, just like you said. And conversely, you've got an Isaiah Collier coming into uh, USC, who's the top-rated guard in the country. Would it surprise you at all if Ryan Nemhart, tr- Creighton transfer, was better as a junior than Isaiah Collier is as a freshman, even though Isaiah Collier's got a much higher upside likely? Zero percent would it surprise me if Ryan Nemhard's better. There's no doubt. There's no right. doubt. And, you know, the freshman stuff is fun, but, you know, increasingly, and I, I'm starting to see, and I was saying this about three, four years ago, I said, we're going to get to a point where high school players aren't even going to be recruited. Um, and we're, I don't want to say we're quite there yet, but if you're not, not getting that far off. Elite, yeah, I was going to say, yeah. if you're not getting, and I've seen coaches talk, like Todd Golden, the Florida coach, went on the record and said, unless it's a five-star can't miss NBA player, or a guy who grew up a diehard Gators fan that we know isn't going to bail on us the first sign of whatever, we're just going all portal. Like we might, I've had multiple coaches tell me, I take maybe one freshman a year because I just know that in our league at at a power conference level, they're not going to be able to compete and most of them aren't going to stick around. So it's the reality. Like I said, we have to adjust as needed. Um, But what are you going to do? You know, Aaron Torres, have you ever been to a circle K? I have, as a matter of fact. Why? All right. Here's the deal. Circle K is a sponsor of us, and that's where my that was my opening right there. So 
You might say to yourself, Mike, why? what is great about Circle K? Aaron, here's the best thing I can say. In Tucson, in the roughest areas in Tucson, you'll find a Circle K. In the best areas of Tucson, you'll find a Circle K. And that's because they're here for the people. Polar Pops, you name it, drinks, you name it, they got it. Make sure you're not missing out on all the great stuff. Head to CircleK.com backslash store locator. Again, CircleK.com slash store locator to find a Circle K near you. It shouldn't be hard because they are essentially everywhere. And tap and bottle. We have our away game tap and bottle watch parties for football and basketball. We'll be kicking those back up again. Check it out downtown. You can get four peaks there as well. Scott and Rebecca do a great job. Very, very privileged to have them on board with us as well. So again, check it out tap and bottle downtown or on the north side. Okay. Now, as far as the Pac-12 goes, you and I have talked about this quite a bit. And I don't want to get you in trouble on the uh, on the national front because you're a national guy, obviously. But I don't understand where the Big Ten love comes from. And I don't understand why every single year, again, and I'm not saying the Pac-12 is great. That's certainly not what I'm saying. But every single year, the Big Ten gets 13 teams in. The Pac-12 gets three in. And every single year, the same thing happens that the Pac-12 teams generally go as far as the Big Ten teams. Why is this? And is there a way that we can stop this, Aaron Torres? Well, I can tell you why it is. Um, and I, this is a stance that I've been on for a while. And the Big Ten truthers, they, they come after me for this every year. Listen, the Big Ten has figured out a way to cook the books in the net ranking. And I won't bore people with too much of, of the details. But essentially, listen, you can go back and look, Michael. I don't have the stats in front of me, but I looked this up one time. The year before the Big Ten went to 20 league games, they had like four NCAA tournament bids or something like that. Five, maybe six, whatever. Since then, it's been 8, 9, 10, 11 every single year since right. they went to 20 league games. And so, again, to not bore too many people with details, but the net favors, um, you know, high major games, neutral court and road. And what does the Big Ten do? 20 league games. They have the Gavit Games Challenge, which is the Big, the Big Ten Big East Challenge. Right. And they previously had the Big, the Big Ten ACC Challenge. So right there, that's 22 – High major games. Then you add in most teams are playing in one of the Maui Invitational, the Battle for Atlantis. That's probably another two to three right there. All of a sudden, you're looking up 24, 25, 26 league, uh, you know, high major games. You know, Wisconsin, they have a cross-state rivalry with Marquette. They play them every year. Nebraska has a cross-state rivalry with Creighton. They play them every year. And so it, it's indisputable. Listen, they, they figured out how to cook the books. And what I've said for years is, listen, I understand I sound like an old, you know, fuddy-duddy. But you right. But but no, 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 like eye test should matter. Like, like I'm yeah. sorry, it, it should. Like, I know I sound so 1984, but like I even saw the ACC commissioner, like when did the eye test stop mattering? And what I would say is two things is one, first of all, like I'll give you a perfect example. Charleston, they played San Diego State tougher than pretty much anybody right. in the tournament except for UConn. Right. They had 31 regular. If they had not won their conference tournament, they might not have gotten into the NCAA tournament. Florida Atlantic, again, the, all the wannabe bracketologists on Twitter will tell you they were in automatically. Okay, losing the first round of your conference tournament, you know, they finished, I think, 34 and four. You know, you, you lose in the first round of your conference tournament, now you're 28 and four. You lose a quad one win against in the conference championship game. Tell me they're a lock to make the tournament because I don't think that they were. You can't watch Florida Atlanta. You can't watch Charleston and say those weren't two of the the 68 best teams and they wouldn't have been the 36 or whatever best at-large candidates. So I just bring it all up to say, I know you sound like an old grump if you say eye test should matter, 
But eye tests should matter. By the way, one last thing, too, is that I think now, and this is across all sports, not just college basketball, I do think we use analytics as too much of a crutch for critical analysis, right? So the committee can just go go on TV. Well, I mean, you know, whoever. It takes your job away. It takes away any difficult decision you have to make because you can just point to the book and say, well, look over there. Exactly. And so, you know, Michigan is a bad example, but two years ago they were like, 18 and 13 or something right. and made the answer. Now they, they had, they made a run once they got there, but it's like, well, you could say, well, their net was this and their, this was that. And it's like, yeah, they went like two and 11 in quad one games. Okay. Like, like, you know, so that's the answer. Um, will anything change? Probably not. Um, but that's right. the answer. Let's, let's talk about the uh, Arizona and how they factor into the PAC 12 this coming year. And yes, we are going to get to Olivier and Kamu. Don't worry. We got that. Uh, we'll get to that. Jacob Franklin, if you could pull up the, uh, the returning players for Arizona and who could potentially be on this, uh, this mm-hmm. team right here. Um, obviously uh, Pella Larson's stats are wrong right here, but so you got Kylan Boswell, you got, ah, Ballo, maybe you got that's a projection for next year. I was going to say, if he's putting up 17 points and eight rebounds and he shrinks to 5'8", 160, that's going to be some impressive stuff right there. But yeah. um, so what, look, look at it this way. So let's say you got Kylan Boswell, Umar Ballo, Pella Larson, Henry Vasar going on down the list. You add Andrew Nemhart, and let's just say for sake of argument, um, you add uh, Olivier and Kamwa from uh, uh, Tennessee. What does that team feel to you just off the eye test, just off the judgment there, Aaron Torres? It, did you say Tubelis is back or no? I'm sorry. Let's say Tubelis is gone. If he's gone, so your starting five is probably Nemhart, Boswell, Larson, Kangwa, and Balo. Is that your starting yeah, five? Yeah, yeah. What does that feel like to you? That feels like a pretty good starting five, you know. Yeah. Um, and listen, I, I think the big thing, and it's cliche, but this time of year, there's moving parts everywhere. Um, I, you know, some of those, those guys, specifically the, the young freshman guys, they would have to develop. I, by the way, I saw KJ Lewis last summer, again, far from a recruiting analyst, but I think he's going to be really good as an Arizona mm-hmm. Wildcat. And I think he's a day one guy too. I don't, he's not a day one. Yeah. He's not a day one. Um, whoever's fill in the blank star freshman, Brandon Miller, but <laughs> Brandon Miller, but, um, right. sorry. I, I, uh, I was going to say, off, you got to yeah. shoot your shot when you can. Yeah. Okay. 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 So too soon, too soon. So, you know, but, but he's going to contribute next year. So again, I, I think it depends on what some other schools do. I think it depends on, you probably have to backfill some spots through the portal, you know, kind of like what they did last off season with Henderson. I thought Henderson was just a nice piece mm-hmm. that you add in the portal late in the process. He knows he's not going to be a starter, but he's a guy that can give you minutes, but that feels like a pretty solid team to me. That feels like a pretty solid team. Um, you know, switchable, skilled. I think that's the big thing. Kong was a really skilled kid. I'm always been a Pella Larson guy. Maybe I'm not watching closely enough. Uh, I don't. I don't remember him averaging 16 and a half, 17 and a half point. No, I'm kidding. We did um, not. But uh, no, I, I like that group. And obviously, the guard play. There'd be more athleticism there. Um, so I would like that group. If you can close with Kongwa and uh, Nemhard, those are two really good transfers to be adding to this group. Now let's talk about Kamwa because what's fascinating to me about him is yes he averaged ten and six last year but that's also in a um, that's also in a uh, Rick Barnes you know and this is Rick Barnes, Barnes college basketball you can say it. go ahead continue yes it's 
Rick Barnes is playing games in the 40s and the 50s. Tommy Lloyd is playing games in the 80s and 90s. I think it's very, very uh, easy to project him as a 14-7 and seven yeah. guy at Arizona. What I also like about him, too, is he gives you a little bit of strength. He gives you a little bit of athleticism. And, again, that's not a knock on Tabellas because Tabellas was an All-American. So, again, you know. Take that for what it's worth. But he's a big physical dude that works really well up there, I think, as well. I'm a I, I think that he would fit in very nicely. And you got to remember, too, in big games, he generally showed up. He put up 27 on Duke. He put up 27 on Texas. He's got some skill to him. He's he is very skilled. And, and I, I, you know, sometimes you're surprised with portal stuff. I was not surprised that with an extra year of eligibility, he wanted to see what else is out there because I do think that there was a limitation on what he was able to do at Tennessee. But like you said, Mike, one, he 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 made big plays in big moments. And two, I think it's easier. Like he was coming off major knee surgery. Like he, right. had, he, he missed the back half of the 2021-2022 season. He may have been, I could be wrong on this, but he may have been their leading scorer when he got hurt two seasons ago. And so for him to come back, get thrown into the fire, it's a weird team. I've said this in Knoxville all the time. I think Rick Barnes over recruits. I think he has too many guys where he's trying to fit back in with some other guys and how do all the pieces fit and this and that. Um, I think, yes, in a a place like Arizona where Tommy Lloyd's going to keep a tighter rotation, I actually think he's a very nice fit. And to your point, I think you can project up some stats because he's skilled. He'll score. The pace will be faster. There will be more possessions. Again, I'm not a super analytics guy, but it's common sense. And so I I think he translates very, very, very nicely um, to uh, to uh, to a potential Arizona squad, assuming, again, everybody else, all the other pieces are kind of there. All right, let's talk about the Pac-12 here, because I think the Pac-12 has some real potential here going forward. But first, OGs. Now, there's so much more than gummies. They are truly about the culture and everything we do. They're about making the experience and weaving into the fabric of both PHNX and the sports we talk about. All right, our new collab shirt with OGs brands is now live. If you want to get your hands on these dope collab t-shirts, make sure to get your tickets to Budzapalooza. Join PHNX crew on April 14th in downtown Phoenix as they will be hanging out with our OGs friends. They'll be doing a special edition of the OGs PHNX Variety Show live from Budzapalooza, and that's where you will buy your OG's uh, collab shirt. To get info on Budzapalooza, check out budzapalooza.com. Okay, now, Arizona in the grand scheme of the Pac-12. You've got USC now. I was stunned, to be honest with you. I did not think Boogie Ellis was going to come back. Um, Between Boogie Ellis, who took a massive jump this past year um, to really become an all-conference upper-tier guy. You've got Isaiah Collier, the number one guard in the country, coming in as well. you got Trey White at that small forward spot. you got Big Vince up front. You could be getting Bronny as well. you got Morgan. That team, to me, just on paper, and we'll talk about how Arizona would match up with it, that team, to me, looks like a top-10 team, Aaron. Yeah, that was one, you know, not knowing outside of Isaiah Collier who was going to come back. Uh, I was a little hesitant to kind of put in that top 25, but now with Boogie back, um, I thought Kobe Johnson played well, et cetera. Uh, and by the way, credit to Michael Luke, because you texted me like in January. You're like, you know, USC is going to be really good next year. And I mean, I, I'll be honest, I hadn't really put that much thought into it at that point. But, you know, listen, criticize Andy Enfield for whatever. He, 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 they have a, a system, they have a style, they're athletic. Um, I'm with you is I think that team has a chance to be really good. Like you said, Vince, obviously um, coming off of that serious situation, uh, we assume a full off season where right. he's able to 
do stuff. And, and, you know, that's the other thing, too, about USC. Like, somebody asked me, you know, they had a few weird losses early, lost to Florida Gulf Coast this season. And people were like, well, what's wrong with them? And it's like, well, I mean, when you have a seven-footer and your entire scheme, at least yeah. defensively, is built on having that guy, and then all of a sudden you don't have him, um, it ends up being a situation where it's like, you can see where they're struggling out of the gate. So I think they have a chance to be really good. I'm intrigued by Collier. Obviously, uh, I've only watched him in these all-star games, but I know that staff over there is really excited to have him. And then again, to your point, to have Boogie Ellis back for a fifth year, veteran guy, all that good stuff. I think they have a chance to be really good. Yeah. And then you look, let's look at UCLA then, because UCLA is fascinating because Tiger Campbell, if you, you know, if you're to read the tea leaves, there's a, there's a chance that he will not be back at UCLA and that he's going to maybe go to the highest NIL bidder, which we'll get to in a moment. There's actually been Oregon rumors about this. Wow. UCLA, UCLA to me is fascinating because um, Arizona um, this past year, I, I felt, and again, I'm probably going to get in trouble here for some with some Arizona fans. I felt like UCLA was a better team. I felt they had just a few more dogs on their roster, to be honest with you. Um, and but you lose Jaime Hawkes, you lose Tiger Campbell, you maybe you bring back Bona. I don't know, but there's a lot of there's going to be a lot of uh, transition in Westwood this year, and you could uh, it's going to be interesting to see what Mick Cronin does there because you got to remember, just like Tommy Lloyd, although it was totally different, he inherited a lot. You got to remember because he inherited Campbell, he inherited Jules Bernard, he inherited Jaime Hawkes. And unlike uh, the Tommy Lloyd situation where those guys were essentially gone in two years, he's been able to kind of, you know, have those guys as the backbone of his roster the last three or four years. It's going to be fascinating to see what happens in Westwood. Yeah, two thoughts. You know, one, um, I've said this about Mick many times is like his greatest gift has been the ability to retain those guys. Um, and you know, I mean, think about like, think about how long ago Steve Alford was at UCLA tiger cable right. played for Steve Alford, right? David Singleton played for Steve Alford. Jaime Hawkins committed Jalen Clark, Jalen Clark committed to. So it's like, it's incredible. And so, um, you know, that's his greatest gift. Now, what I think is interesting, and I think this is more of a cross board college basketball conversation. What about that, that tier of guys like an Amari Bailey, like an Adembona, that aren't projected can't miss NBA draft prospects. Because I find it fascinating, even two years ago, even three years ago, those guys, they're just gone. Like, right. you know, got to go make money somewhere, overseas, in the U.S., whatever, who cares, got to go make money. Now, I think we're seeing this thing in college basketball where, um, you know, at Duke, Ty, Ty, uh, Proctor, what's why Tyrese Proctor. Tyrese Proctor, yep. Yeah. Tyrese Proctor, Mark Mitchell, they're coming back. They're saying, I'm not even going to test the waters right. because I, I can make good money here. I know I'm not ready. I'm going to stay. Uh, UConn with Donovan Klingon. I could test the waters. I'll be a second-round pick, but I know I'm not ready. I'm making money. I can stay. And so with UCLA, I don't know what their NIL setup is. I don't know if it's good, if it's not good. I could probably take a guess. I, I, I guess it's probably not elite. Um, but an Amari Bailey and a Dembona – Three years ago, those guys are just like, I'm gone. I got to go make money as a pro. Now they can potentially come back. So do they is the big question. Obviously, Jalen Clark, unless I miss something over the weekend, he's still kind of trying to figure out, do I just go and, and rehab on the NBA's dime or do I try to come back and get healthy at UCLA? So they're definitely a program in transition. And I think the other thing, too, and I know nobody wants to hear sob stories about whatever, I think it is a little bit harder for them to just go through the portal. Like I, 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 my understanding is 
they can't just take seven guys through the portal at UCLA. And I'm not, you know, Arizona doesn't right. do that. But, you know, there's plenty of schools. You know, St. John's is essentially going to flip an entire roster through the portal this offseason. I don't think UCLA can do that. So if an Amari Bailey, if an Adembona go, go pro, uh, you know, you can't just plug in, you know, some guy from, uh, you know, from Texas Tech. Like, it, it right. doesn't work like that at UCLA. So I think it's a fascinating offseason for them to continue to kind of keep this momentum Three straight Sweet 16s. It's obviously going to be difficult. By the way, real quick, you're Mr. Arizona. Tell me about Jason Shear, your buddy, my buddy. I love Jason. Mm-hmm. He tweeted out an article about some seven foot three kid that may be committed to UCLA this morning. I don't know if you saw this, but like a European kid, but is he committed? Is he not committed? I'm very confused. I, I saw that, and it sounds like from what I read, and I haven't talked to him since then, but it does sound like he will could end up at UCLA. Yeah. Um, again, I'm kind of a – I posted that um, – oh, the, this was the $800,000 thing right here. Yes. Yeah. Um, that's all that I really have to go on on that. It's going to be fascinating to see what happens there because if you're paying, let's just assume that that is – let's just say that it's true. I have no clue, you know, what the uh, – you know what the uh, the peripherals are, but man, if you're paying somebody eight hundred thousand dollars, they better be good, and yeah. they better be good immediately. Like I had a lot of people that were asking me um, about Kirk Carissa, and they're like, "Oh, the rumors are he's getting five hundred k." I asked around at the U of A a little bit, and they said, "No, there's absolutely no chance. Five hundred k is Drew Timmy money. That's this where you're at West Virginia. You're talking not at yeah, Arizona. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. like eight five uh, hundred k at uh, West Virginia." Uh, we're still not – I think I think people are uh, kind of stuck here and they're like, well, this still isn't the pros. Yes, these schools have money, but yeah. when a guy is making that kind of money, everybody knows about it. Like everybody knew that Oscar Shibway was making $2 million this past year. Everybody knew that Drew Timmy was making six hundred k. So anytime I see that number, I'm always a little – Yeah. No. I, I'd like to see it first. And what I would also add, that is my experience – talking to people that would know across college sports. Like I'll give you an example, Brian Emhart, when he hit the portal or when he was reportedly ready to hit the portal, Oh, Arizona's NIL. Well, Michael, I'm in no way, shape or form disparaging Arizona, but you're I, right. don't, I don't get the sense that Arizona can just get into bidding wars for guys. And I would add this too. Creighton's NIL setup is actually pretty good. Right. And I think Ryan Nemhard, like I said earlier, I think he feels like there is a better system for his talents. Obviously, his brother Andrew turned into an NBA player under the watch of Tommy Lloyd and Mark Few. Now, we can argue, is it really a better spot? I don't know. But, like, that's a perfect example. I think the, the inclination is Creighton, don't know much about him, in the middle of nowhere, Arizona, you know, again, blue blood, not blue blood, right bullet, whatever. You would think Arizona, if it's if it's a dollars and cents game, can pay more. No disrespect to Arizona. I don't think that they can. I think this is a Correct. style fit. I think it's an opportunity fit. Try something new. Um, but that's a perfect example. Some of this stuff that came out about USC football last year, like Caleb Williams, I'm sure, made a lot of money because he's Caleb freaking Williams and he can sign a deal with Beats by Dre or whatever. I don't think a lot of those other guys got nearly as much money as a lot of people reported that they did. And so that's just a long winded way of me saying um, that I get the sense that a lot of these numbers are are not accurate relative to what 
uh, people are reporting or, or believe they're seeing so. Well, because it's easy to throw that out there. I want to yes. think you hit the nail on the head with USC and Oregon. But first, I've got one more read here. I got another read for Roman because I missed the ro- read last week. Now, again, as you know, ED is often viewed as a touchy subject. Let's normalize the conversation right here. And again, we're in the year 2023, not the year 1923. So again, uh, many times uh, up to 50% of men have symptoms that get in the way of enjoying sex. Do you want a better sex life? If so, you're not alone. Roman is here for t- Roman is here to help you. And in men with low T, getting testosterone levels back to normal can help increase your libido. Roman offers a testosterone test, which includes lab processing, and it's appropriate for you. Uh, again, no, you can do this from the comfort of your own home. No waiting rooms, none of that stuff right there. To learn more about how you can achieve your personal sexual health goals, go to ro.slash phnx to get 20% off your entire first order. That's ro.co slash phnx. And like we just talked about, we are in the year 2023, not 19 23 get with the times roman is here to help and again free two-day shipping right there roman oregon and SC. question before we get out of here of course what's up we just spent a lot of time talking about you know arizona and their fit in the 2023 2024 pac 12 mm-hmm. when we're doing this next year what conference will we be previewing for arizona this is just a guess i'm not an insider yeah. on this but i do believe that arizona will end up in the big 12 um, I don't believe, and here's why I don't believe for the longest time we've been talking about how, you know, it deals right around the corner. It deals right around the corner. I'm of the opinion when you're this late in the ball game and you still don't have anything. I think Brett Yormark basically was able to cut in front of the line, not cut in front of the line because they no, were in there. But he was able to get the deal going that uh, the Pac-12 should have really tried to get. Because honestly, at this stage in the game, and you know this better than anybody, there's going to be another huge college explosion here in the next four or five years. And the thing that you need to do is you need to be in the best conference from a stability perspective. Here's what the Big 12 can offer you right now. They can offer you $31.2 million. You're going to get your games on ESPN. You're going to get your games on linear cable. Right now, Arizona and the Pac-12 – when you're looking at something that's 75, 80% streaming, that's a, again, streaming's the wave of the future. Totally get it. But I don't think that that future is quite here at this point. And especially, too, with the, the amount of money that's being thrown around. If the money was there, if the visibility was there, Aaron, I think a deal would have already been made. So I agree. And it's sad. I hope, I'm, I hope we're both wrong. I like the Pac 12, I hope it survives. Mm-hmm. My one thing. That no, I want you to kind of just and all your listeners, you put this in the back of your head and you remember that Torres was probably the first one to say this. I haven't heard anybody else say it. Maybe somebody has. No one is talking about this. The new Big 12 TV deal is a split between ESPN and Fox. And I know like whatever I host Fox Sports Radio, I have no idea how this TV stuff works. But what I am here to tell you, do some simple mental math. Right. It benefits ESPN and Fox, the two big players in this space, for the Big 12 to be as good as it is. Right. It disincentivizes them to invest in the Pac-12. And on top of that, if you can have a situation where the two behemoths in this space, Fox and ESPN, they're working together to get the best possible teams out of the Pac-12 to the Big 12 to strengthen the Pac-12, strengthen the Big 12 without having to take all the other teams that they don't want, <coughs> Washington State, Oregon, <laughs> Oregon State. Yes. Like, 
it, it, I don't understand why no one's talking about this. It benefits ESPN. Like, it could be one thing if ESPN had an exclusive Big 12 deal and the, the Fox had to counter with something else. Right. But that's not the case. It benefits both of those leagues, both of those TV networks to be good in the Big 12 as good as possible. So I hope we're wrong. I don't think we're wrong. And I'm with you. It's a simple timing thing. I, you know, how much longer can you hold this together? Uh, because once the once the dam breaks, once the first school announces they're leaving, and it probably won't be one, but once that first wave, you you can't bandage this. And now, by the way, you just talk about dragging your feet. Now, you know, Brett Yormark is at the national championship game scouting yeah. San Diego State with his little binoculars. He's got right. his eyes on San Diego State. It's like, what are you waiting for, George Klyovkov? So, I, I Brett Yormark, this has been a master class in uh, business in shrewdness i don't even know what the right words are but i think he's done as good of a job and it's still early and we'll see what happens but the league is stabilized tv deal is set all that good stuff you know what i like too about his philosophy and i think people get carried away with this a little bit i get that football is king i am not saying that football is not king we all know that but i do believe that basketball is underrated when people are talking about this brett yormark's idea right now is you know what okay you got the sec they're gonna have the best football league we all know that You know what my league is going to be known for is having the best basketball league. We're going to have Kansas. We're going to have Baylor. We're going to have Arizona. You're going to have Houston coming in. you got uh, TCU, K-State, those other schools as well. There is a lot to be said for being known as the best basketball conference going. Heck, the ACC made a living off that for 30 years. Well, and I think the other thing, too, one, I agree with that. Um, Two, I think the thing that people forget and – we don't forget, fans don't forget, but the conversation, it gets forgotten. There's a lot of inventory on ESPN and Fox that needs to be filled during the wintertime, right? Like, like this is, you know, there's a direct correlation between the rise of SEC basketball and the SEC TV network. Is like the SEC commissioner at the time, Mike Slive, basically told the schools, we're, we're going to make you a lot of money. You got to spend it on basketball because right. we need something to put on on Tuesday and Wednesday nights when football right, season exactly. is done. We can't just put on spring, you know, we can't just replay football games every single night from, you know, December 10th until the start of next football season. And so, again, I understand that a Kansas-Arizona basketball game isn't going to rate what a Michigan-Ohio State football game is. But, you know, you get a, and I'm just throwing out a number, you get a million viewers on a Tuesday night or a Monday night, that's pretty freaking good. Um, And so, uh, you know, again, you get the point. I'm with you. I hope I'm wrong. I don't think I'm wrong on this one, though. And I don't think you're wrong because we're in agreement on that one. There it is. He is the great Aaron Torres from Fox Sports Radio. Also, the Aaron Torres pod presented by, uh, let's see, uh, Bedfred Sports owner Aaron Torres. You are the man, Aaron. Really appreciate you as always, my guy. And we will talk with you soon, dude. Anytime. Um, I got to get out to Arizona this summer. Once we get a roster together. I was going to say, man, you let me, you let us know, and we will have a king's welcome in Tucson for Aaron Torres. That sounds promising. That sounds promising. All right. All right. He's, he's Aaron Torres. I'm Mike Luke. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast.